0: Welcome to the Corner Store Boys Podcast. This is your host, Luke, checking in live from the city
1: of Tallahassee, Florida. It's the Benoit Bruce Leroy. What up, y'all? Let's get to it.
0: All right, so first of all, we just want to say rest in peace to 40. Um, Leroy,
1: you want to say something real quick, man? Uh, well, he's one of my homies, man. We grew up together. I just wanted to, like, I don't want to go too in depth with it, but it's, uh it's really difficult, like, when you, you go somewhere and then your mom or your family members are hitting you up to let you know, hey, so-and-so passed, they want to make sure that I'm good, but... My whole thing is, um, I'm not really concerned about me. It's more about, you know, the people that's being left behind. So I just want to say, like, to his mom and his daughter, like, you know, we always going to hold it down for 40 because everybody knew what 40 meant. And, me going on Facebook and all over the place and seeing all the love he was getting kind of makes it a little bit easier for for me to know, like, how much he meant to everybody. So I just want to say, uh, you know, 40. You feel me? I love you, bro. And that's it. And we just want to
0: once again wish our condolences and ask our listeners, you know, if you could keep his mother and his daughter and your prayers we greatly appreciate it um on a less serious note let's get started talking about some football today particularly Florida State football to begin the show Leroy I was really impressed with how the boys played on Saturday I feel like for the first time all year they had what could be considered a complete game um They really brought that intensity, especially on the defensive front from the very beginning. Um, Our offensive line struggled immensely in the second quarter, and that really concerned me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we had 12 getting hit almost every play. And uh, I've noticed a lot of people have actually been having discussion about it was actually 12 taking too long to make reads. So that opens uh, the room for interesting discussion later, perhaps. I I honestly don't know how I feel about that yet. I feel like as far as I've seen with my limited knowledge that 12 has made very good reads, especially his second and third reads are immaculate, his checkdowns. Um, And he does, you know, his first reads, it does seem like it takes him a minute to realize if they're going to materialize or not. So I, I could see where people were coming from. But at the same time, I just think that it's way more on the offensive line. You know, They were just getting manhandled, especially 92 for NC State. He was just acting a donkey.
1: I agree. Um, I was more of the offensive line for uh, Honeybrook. I think um, if you give him some time, he can make the throws. Like the, uh, the touchdown to Pookie, he was able to – basically make a lot most of his reads because he was looking the opposite way when uh, Pookie did the, the double move. So once he got through all the reads, he saw what he liked, and he made a great throw. A lot of people call him a noodle arm. Um, I still kind of believe he has a noodle arm, but if you give him enough time, he can get the ball where it needs to be. And that's what all you really need f- right now for Florida State, just a quarterback that knows the system. That can make all the throws, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So that's a big thing uh, we definitely need with this fast-paced offense because you can't have a fast-paced offense and you turn the ball over all the time because now your defense is tired. So when your defense is tired, eventually you give up points. And, you know, with Florida State, they're mental. If they're down fast – they're down for the rest of the game. There's no fight, but I can say um, we was up the entire time and it looked like we wasn't going to give up the lead. So I'm really excited to see how this bye week, how we come out looking after this bye week and how we're going to look if Clemson scores first. That's what I'm worried about. And I'm excited at the same time because I think those guys – might have gotten into a rhythm where they have confidence and they're starting to believe in Taggart's system and Braille system and you got Jim Leavitt who's just a, uh I don't even know, he's just the whisperer of people, man, because he got those boys playing hard and, you know, you gotta give some um, props to uh, Barnett also. I know a lot of people don't want to, but um, he has to, He has something to do with it, too. It's not just Levitt. Everybody's working as a team. So, you know, that's basically what I'm seeing right now. We're coming together as a whole. And I just want to say the ACC better watch out because if we fight hard and uh, we beat Clemson or lose to Clemson uh, in a dogfight, I like our chances against everybody else on that, on our schedule, and that's including Florida. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just trying to think if we can beat Florida And Florida, man. That's what, that's what I'm trying to wrap my mind around. The rest of it, though, I mean, you're absolutely right. We... Really did play a complete game, as I said earlier. Like you had said, you know, when we got the lead, we really never were in fear of giving the lead up the entire game once we got up. Um, what was it? It was 6-3 to three and then 10-6, to six and that was it, right? Yeah, that was the closest.
1: After yep. that, we just
0: pulled away. And I just really liked our energy on defense, man. Right. Like, now, cornerbacks and safeties dropping balls, you know. I'll, we, t-
1: I'll take that right now against uh, NC State, but next week, you got to capitalize on those. If if Lawrence come out and he's playing this, uh, the, how he's been looking so far this year, if he's throwing away balls and giving away turnovers, we got to capitalize because that's the only way you'll be able to beat Clemson because their defense is stout, so their boys are going to play hard. And I'm pretty sure they think thinking it's Florida State, the O-line is weak. They're going to try to uh, basically uh, bully those, those guys. So we need to score fast and also make turnovers. That's the recipe to win against Clemson right now because those boys can score. So we need to put up points quickly so we can have some type of lead. So if they do go on a run, we could hold on to the league that we had and possibly come out with a win?
0: Well, I think in terms of keys for the Clemson game, what we really have to look at is the Travis Etienne versus the Florida State defensive line matchup. Um, And, you know, in the second level, our our linebackers –
1: because I'm pretty sure the linebacker is going to have – they're going to have to put Gainer. I think Gainer just going to uh, have to watch ATN the entire game and follow him around because that's probably the only linebacker I can think of on our team that can possibly contain him because everybody else, they don't have the lateral quickness to go and That dude is a speeding bullet. So you need a guy with size and a guy that's not afraid to uh make tackles and not afraid of uh any type of contact. So I don't know what the game plan is, but I just hope somehow you have Gainer following him around, starring in on him, because that guy's once he gets loose, say goodnight. Yeah, that's really
0: what I'm worried about more than anything. I don't think, well, yeah, I, I don't think Lawrence going off is as great a likelihood as ATN just going batshit crazy right. on us. Um, And, you know, once the running gets going, that sets up the play action, and then God help us all at
1: that point. Yeah, that's when Lawrence would be able to look like Aaron Rodgers, because now he knows the running game is there. and. Everybody's eyes is on the backfield. And, you know, with Florida State, everybody's on the backfield at top end. It's always somebody out of position. So we got to just hope that somehow everybody stay focused on their job and we come out and get a W.
0: Based upon current staffing and personnel available on the field, I would – Comfortably say that we're going to make it within two touchdowns of Clemson you know and I, I don't feel like that's anything I could have ever said before mm-hmm. the beginning of the season and that's exciting to me that that shows me that we are a program that is on the, is following the steps in the right direction yeah. that gives me hope and I haven't had that for the team in about
1: you know almost three years now I totally agree uh, I see progress um, that's all I wanted to see from this team. Like, I needed to see if these guys could uh, keep a lead, hold a lead. That was the main thing because it was just a first half team from what we were seeing this season. I wanted to see what we would look like if we had a lead and kept it. And seeing that, it makes me have uh, way more – belief in the team as a whole going into a Clemson off of a bye week um, I, Of course, Clemson's prop is the best team we'll face all year. So the, we definitely can use this to basically see how far we need to be to reach the level of Clemson again. And if we play at a good enough level, You definitely can see four or five wins after the Clemson game. So, I'm excited, man. I really am.
0: I like two points you just made there. One being the measuring stick um, concept that, you know, we use Clemson as kind of the scale upon which we, we weigh ourselves and see what we're really worth and how much further we have to go as a program to get on that level. That excites me. Honestly, right, right. Really because we we saw fifty eight to ten last year, and I I really have a feeling it's gonna be a whole different story this year. You know, I'm right. thinking thirty four to twenty or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you give me that score against that team
1: with the fight with the fight coming with it. I'm, I'll take
0: it. One more recruiting class, and you know we will be knocking at the door. Is how I feel at that point. Right. Um, and the other concept I really like that you introduced is that we need to talk about the NFL.
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Leroy, I really like how my Jaguars came out, stole a dub yes, sir. from the Mile High Stadium up there in Denver. I really like it. I think you, uh, you know, your Raiders did a little sun sun too, perhaps.
1: Yeah, the Raiders looked good um, yesterday. My only issue with the Raiders is um, the defense sometimes is just uh, bonehead plays like Burfick. Everybody knows he got suspended for the rest of the season for the helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. I don't agree with it the entire season, but the guy got uh, priors. Basically, every every single year he's been in the NFL, he has a, a fine from unnecessary roughness or helmet to helmet and all that. So I get it. But the entire season, I feel like that's a little bit over the top. The guy's not, I don't feel like he's out there trying to hurt people on purpose. He's just one of those guys that they only know how to play one speed. So it's kind of hard to make that decision. Am I going to hit him or do I pull back and, and let the guy catch it and like, so, play soft you, Football is so Such an aggressive sport So it's hard to Have that thought of uh, I shouldn't hit this guy this way Because I'm going to get fined Most guys that play football Or have played football Know Once you're playing football It's kind of one speed You're going as fast as you can To get to the ball Or if you have the ball You're trying to go as fast as you can To get away from everybody So it's is is that split second you can't really decide what to do. So I'm like I'm kind of upset about that but uh, it is what it is. The NFL is going to be the NFL. Um, I'm happy with Derek Carr how he looked. Um, I'm also excited. I believe we have one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I'll say top four. I'll give him four. Um He's he's really a receiver, if you ask me, but he's so uh, tall and lanky, they have to put him at a tight end. So I'm happy about that. And the running game is getting better. Uh, Jacobs is pretty decent. Uh, I think he's top five in rushing. So, you know, we're making progress also, like I said, with the nose. So I'm excited to see how we look against Chicago. I feel like this is gonna be a good test. In London, um, Derek Carr is gonna be pressured all game. So I just wanted to see how he uh, moves around in the pocket because everybody knows uh, Derek Carr wants just a little bit of pressure. He gets the little, the dancing feet and he throws the ball really quick now. He's in a rush. So hopefully he can uh, stand in the pocket, take those hits and complete some throws. I'm not too sure about Chicago's linebackers, so I think uh, Waller will have a game if Carr has time to get the ball to him. So I'm excited about that.
0: Well, for the last week, what I really liked about the Jags was that Minshew did not play what I would consider to be a really good game, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the first half. But when we needed him the most in that fourth quarter He came in and made the throws necessary to get the job done And he made damn good throws as well You know They they were not easy throws that he made I was very impressed by that Um, Leonard Fournette, I'm always giving you shit all the time Um, I was praying, I have been praying since 2017 For you to make me eat my words And you did, you balled the fuck out my boy And I love that averaging almost 10 yards per carry from the line of scrimmage. 150 of those yards were yards after contact. That was the most all-time for a running back in a National Football League game. Did you know that, bro? No, what the? For
1: real? Yep. That's good, man.
0: So, Fournette, you balled out. You made me proud. Um, Fantasy owners were obviously very happy this week. That have not been happy for like two years now, have you? (laughs) um Jalen Ramsey sat out was, you know that's an ongoing situation it's something we might get into more at a, a later date I'm just kind of over it at this point um it's my favorite player in the world I'm not gonna bad mouth or besmirch the man and also it's my favorite team and I love them I want to see them do well And I feel like Jalen Ramsey exponentially increases our chances of doing well when he's on the football field wearing a Jaguars uniform. Mm -hmm. So the the whole experience is just kind of disappointing um, on both sides. Uh, Y'all can hear I'm sad. Damn. Uh, But the whole Minshew mania thing, um, I think it's a little overplayed. I think they're scripting plays very well for him. And they're kind of hiding some of his flaws. You notice he will not throw it downfield at all. That is a problem. We need to have a deep threat always, especially when Fournette gets going because the play-action pass becomes even more effective. Mm-hmm. So I need to see Minshew kind of trying some new things now. You know, you're two and a half games into it. Um, well, you've started two games. You've almost played three entire games. let like, let's, let's go, buddy. Let's get it in. I believe in you, dude. Um, You're like uh, a field general out there. He's really like Andrew Luck when you think about it. The man is just in a very intelligent football mind.
1: Exactly.
0: And that's why I know that Minshew can be special in this league. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back to you on the corner live from Tallahassee. All right, so for today's commercial break, what I'm actually gonna do is tell you all about an event that we're running on November 2nd for the Miami Florida State game. So, Lord willing, Bruce, myself, BG, all your other favorite friends are gonna be up there at Florida State tailgating way before the game. We are creating special edition limited run t-shirts. To celebrate the game it's going to be the corner store boys and it's going to be just a badass looking shirt we're going to have them in long sleeves as we transition into the fall they're going to look amazing we're going to be selling them for fifteen dollars a piece and we have them available in sizes from small to triple x so if any of you are interested just reach out to any of us on twitter or text dm through instagram snapchat whatevs we really would like to get you guys these t-shirts they look amazing um they feel real nice and i've had one where i've put it through the wash three times doesn't fade or anything so the graphic is really on there and looking good so it's something you'll be able to keep for a while And regardless, t-shirt or not, we want you guys to come link up with us on November 2nd because we're really going to do it big. We're trying to figure out specifics right now of who we want to partner up with to really make something happen. Um, If any of y'all have any suggestions or can refer, um, y'all think – You know, you know somebody who would be perfect for us to partner with. Please let us know. You know, all suggestions are welcome. We love our listeners and y'all are really smart people who have connections and we want to make it do what it do. All right, we're back on the show. So today in our final segment, I actually wanted to get into a little bit of the National Basketball Association. So excited to have basketball back. Woo! Boardman, board man, The board man got
1: rings and got paid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He sure did. Now nah, it's Clip City, baby. 50 Clips soon come. Sorry, Laker fans.
0: Oh, the Laker fans are sick. But I can't talk. So my Celtics... Basically, the entire team played in the the FIBA World Cup, and we sucked up the joint. Barely could score over 80 points. I am. It would be safe to say I'm extremely concerned about the upcoming season. Um, I think that we're going to find out that Kyrie was not the problem Mm -hmm. and that there was much deeper issues in Boston, which breaks my heart to say because that means that my franchise is fundamentally flawed. Uh, But I really do believe that that's going to end up being the case. I think Kyrie goes to Brooklyn and balls the hell out. It's going to be really difficult for my favorite player, Kevin Durant, to come back from his injury to a Brooklyn team that's been carried by Kyrie successfully for a season. And I feel like that's what's going to happen. Honestly, when you think about it, the East is wide fucking open right now. And I just do not see – Any team really running away with it. You know, the Raptors don't have Boardman anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Was it Malcolm Brogdon left Milwaukee and went to Indiana? Um, You know, you have Jimmy Butler is now with the Heat and not with the 76ers, but then Al Horford is with the 76ers and not with the Celtics. Kimball Walker is not with the Bobcats, so we might as well just go ahead and give them the first overall draft pick. Uh, you know, the Magic were strong last year. Shout out to another Seminole, biggest Magic fan I know. Uh, you know, the Heat with Jimmy Butler could be something, but also they don't have Dwayne Wade, and say what you will, but even on his Legacy final tour year, Dwayne Wade was getting buckets.
1: Yeah, coming off the bench, he was decent. Uh, quality minutes for for D-Wade on the Legacy uh, tour, um... I think the Heat will do pretty good. I think they' fighting for the five through eight seed. For being honest, Jimmy Butler's just gonna give him a give him that a dog mentality, a hard worker. So he's gonna put that in that team. And from right now, what I see since the White Side's not there anymore,
0: yeah, Portland, most,
1: right? yeah. Once I look at the the team, you got a whole bunch of um, blue collar guys on the team. So. Um, I think it meshes well, so they'll be able to uh, somewhat have that Memphis Grizzlies grind and grit mentality where you know they play hard ball, and if the game's on the line, they have a guy they can give the ball to, and he wins us the game. So I feel like that gives the Heat uh, a better chance at winning, more than some of the teams that the bottom teams in the the East, like for instance, the Orlando Magic have a have a pretty good team, but they don't have a guy where he, he's the go to guy. It's you need that in in the Eastern Conference if you want to uh, fight for the one through four seed. So the Heat. Bench isn't that good, so that's why I give them the five through eight. They have the star player, but they don't have the bench to push them over the top to get into the one through four season.
0: That's really insightful what you just said because when you think about the East for, golly. Let's go back over the – so you have Boardman last year was the dominant go-to player, champion. You have LeBron – over the last... What, what How long did he go? Eight years in a row? It was 2011 until 2018 for LeBron. Mm-hmm. And he was the dominant player in his team, you know? Then you had, before that, the Celtics, mm-hmm. Um where you had KG, honestly, was the most dominant player. You had Dwight Howard for that one year with the Magic. Yeah. It was a go-to. Um... So, that's like the last 15 years. Damn, that's spot on. I never thought of it like that. All right, so let's head over to the what, 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 what West side. <laughs> what do you see happening?
1: Of course, I got the Clippers winning um, the West. Off of just what I just said, basically, uh, to piggyback off of what I just said about the East, you need the same thing in the West, but you needed uh, two-star players. So, you need two-star players and a great bench to uh, winning win in the west. So the Clippers have Kawhi and PG and that bench, honestly, I believe they have the best bench in the entire NBA. And those boys play defense. So, and they're not going to stop playing defense. They're going to play defense the whole entire game. So if you have the starters coming out of the game, you got a whole fresh legs with uh, uh Lou Will and Harold and Patrick Beverly, those guys coming in. They're hard nosed. They want to win. They're hungry for wins. So, automatically, that I give them boys the, the the number one seed. And then it's a toss up between Golden State and the Lakers, possibly. But you also got to keep Portland in there too, because. I feel like white. I'm not a Whiteside fan at all. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm against the lazy guys. Like you have talent, but you don't have the 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 mindset to be great. To push yourself, to be the best you can be. When Whiteside was with the Heat, he got paid the money. Yes, he was injured for a while, which is fair. But when he came back, it's just. He didn't have the energy he needed for the team. He would pout if he didn't get the ball. He wouldn't post up properly because he wasn't getting the ball. He wouldn't run the floor hard because he wasn't getting the ball. So I just hope he could transition into knowing that you have two great um, point guard, shooting guard players on your team now that can shoot the ball. So All you really need to do is grab rebounds and catch alleys, and you'll be fine. You might not average a triple-double or a double-double. Well, I take that back. You should average a double-double because you could get 10 points and 10 rebounds just off of your talent alone. So I definitely put Portland up there. Um, Who else? Of course, the Spurs, they're getting a... Deontay Murray back, which is great. Um, Kid is a a really good ball player. He knows the game. Reminds me of uh, Jamal Crawford with bounce. So um, you got to have the Clippers up there. I mean, the Spurs, sorry about that. And who else? do we have over there?
0: Jazz. I mean, the Jazz and the Nuggets. You know, they're the two that are always gonna finish like number two seed in the regular season or some shit, and they go and get bounced in the second round because one of their superstars. I mean, what does Denver have? Jokic. You know, mm-hmm. that's all they have, and then he shows up short in the playoffs. So I don't expect them to really do much in the postseason, but I'm sure they'll go like 54 and, you know, 28 during the regular season. It's just, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jazz got Jamal Crawford now, right? I believe it. Honestly,
1: Jamal crawford been all over the place. I can't keep up. So I'm
0: not... I'm no, sure. Mike Conley. Mike Conley oh, went yeah, to the Jazz. And he yeah. linked up with um, Donovan Mitchell. So, you know, that's going to be a nice little dynamic right there. I look forward to seeing how them boys play together. I'm most excited to see what I think is going to be just a highly combusted – All right, ugh, that's not a word. <laughs> I, a highly combustible situation in Houston. You know, there's the irony. Ha, 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 because mm. the Rockets. Um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. You have two very ball hungry guards.
1: Ball dominant. They just dribble, dribble, dribble all damn day. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it's gonna work.
0: Cause I, I mean, I think it's gonna be fascinating. I can already see ESPN First Take and FS1 with the, the undisputed with Skip and Shannon open the segment. <laughs> James Harden and Russell Westbrook held back after post game, you know, fight. Right, yeah. Uh, over, you know, who didn't get last shot or whatever. It's just I, I can already see it happening, man.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think, I honestly, I don't know if they will, um I feel like this will, hopefully, this is what I'm thinking. Westbrook will somehow take the back seat this time because he's left OKC. Now he's in Houston. It's not his team. I'm hoping he can... Really, like, let it register. All right. I need to change the way I play. Um, Honestly, I think CP3 and James Harden was a good fit. At first, I thought it was going to be an issue, but they played well together. But that's because CP3 uh, was a great shooter. Westbrook isn't a great three-point shooter, so I'm trying to understand how they're going to be able to make that work. Is Westbrook playing the one or the two, or because we all know uh, Harden is the better shooter? So I just want to figure out how they're going to do that with the ball dominance both of them have. Um, but the Rockets, for sure, um, I like the bench. The bench is pretty good. It's just I'm not into that. the The th- way they shoot the threes, it's like. It's um, always felt like three-point shooter shooting teams would never win an NBA championship. But the only way they could win an NBA championship, you had to be Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So those two guys are the only reason, uh, the only time I feel like a three-point shooting team would win an NBA championship. You have to be able to shoot um, amazing, like out of this world. That's the only way that you will win an NBA championship. Prior to the Warriors, I don't think uh, a team that shot three-pointers the way uh, the Warriors shoot three-pointers ever won a championship. Everybody was – they shot threes, but it wasn't such a high volume, I should say. If you go back and you think about, I think, what year was it when the Warriors played the Rockets and they went on this streak with missing 22 three-pointers? Like, You're talking sh- about the
0: Rockets? That yeah. was uh, the 2018. Right, so they yeah. missed those
1: 22 three-pointers in a row. The Warriors not missing 22 three-pointers in a row, bro. They'll maybe miss 10, but they'll go on a streak where they hit 12. So it's like that's the only team where I could think of where it's like they have this super high-volume of three-point shooting, but they're making the threes. Like eventually – what I see from playing basketball and watching basketball, you have a streak where you're making a lot of threes. Then all of a sudden they're not dropping anymore. So now the team is creeping back in the game, but you're so accustomed to making all those threes, you're still shooting them thinking you're going to find the rhythm again. And that doesn't happen with the Rockets. Like when they go cold, like when James Harden goes cold, it's, it's a difficult game because now he can't make his threes, so he's forcing himself to the basket. But when he's forcing himself to the basket, the teammates around him are getting cold, so now they can't make threes. So when he decides to dish it out, that person's cold, so now they can't make the threes. But if you play in a team like Golden State, if uh, Curry's off, Clay is on. So it's like pick your poison type deal. And I feel like the Rockets don't have the pick your poison from the three-point line. They have to figure out a way where they could uh, cut the three-point shots down and play better defense so uh, the threes that they do make can keep them with the lead instead of losing it because they taking uh, 50, I think like i seen like 50 threes or games, something like that, probably more. That's, that's crazy, but, you know, I give them boys a, a top – four Seed uh, in the the top four in the West for sure. Uh, But the West is deep, so uh, if no one gets injured, I definitely could see uh, the Warriors and the uh, the Rockets in the top four. I think if I had to go right now
0: and pick my Eastern and Western Conference final, I'm going to start in the West. It's pretty easy. It's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers. Mm. Um, just the only way that doesn't happen is if one of them misses. It's not going to be one of them. The Clippers are going to be a guaranteed lock one seed. It's going to be if the Lakers like choke for a stretch like they're known to do and they miss the two seed by a few games. They're the three seed. But that still is not gonna matter because they're just gonna beat the other team. So uh, you know, I I just I it's all a moot point because the Clippers are gonna beat everybody anyway. Um, On the East, I I like the Bucks. I think Giannis is the best player in the East now. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, So and then honestly, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. No, I'm not. You know, I was going to take Brooklyn because I really do love Kyrie, and I think he's an amazing, transcendent talent. Um, it's going to be the 76ers. So 76ers and the Bucs. Um, I have the Bucks winning that and going and getting slaughtered by the Clippers oh in the man. NBA Finals. That's,
1: I'm with you with that. One. My my NBA Finals pick will definitely be the Clippers versus the Bucs. I got the Clippers in five. Of course, uh, Giannis will go on a, a Greek freak uh, for one game where he's unstoppable. He's making shots. He's going to the paint, getting all the calls and wants ones. They, 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 he's due for one game, but uh, the Clippers' firepower is just too high. That bench is too deep, so um, I don't I don't see anybody beating them four times in the playoffs. Like, if they if they do happen to lose in the playoffs you would have to have one of those LeBron moments where he's just unstoppable in all aspects of the game. Defense, rebounds, everything. Nobody can stop him, and his team is just feeding off of them. So that's the only way uh, uh, the Lakers can beat the Clippers. And no disrespect to the Warriors, I just feel like they – their, their window is kind of gone now because their bench isn't good. Uh, the Warriors have the big one. Well, I guess you can consider them the big three now. Well, big four because they have uh, D'Angelo Russell. But after that, it's, you have the bench, and those guys isn't that good. And that's where the Warriors usually were known for, you know, they'll take out the the big three and big four. And here comes um, Andre Iguodala and um, Sean Livingston and those guys will come in and maintain the lead or probably go up, push the lead even higher. So when those dudes just come back in, it's it's just a route. So this year, I feel like it's just the starters and then their bench isn't that good. So we'll see how they look. Um, it's still to be, of course, it's going to be A great team because of the way uh, Steph and when Clay comes back, the way they shoot, it's going to be a good team. But I don't see them beating the Lakers or the Clippers this year. They might lose in the first round. Um, You could uh, quote me on that because, you know, the West is so deep. They might get stuck playing uh, the Spurs. You know how the Spurs play against the Warriors. It's always a good matchup. I have a very
0: bold prediction, a hot take myself. Steph Curry, mm-hmm. NBA MVP this season.
1: Oh, that's that's not bad. He got a lot to prove now because really, it's really back to his team. Like he's gonna be there by himself for a good amount of, of the time. So until Clay comes back, it's just the Steph Curry show, and everybody wanted to see how can Steph Curry play without help. So. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's on the team, but as everybody knows it's Steph's team now. So I just wanna see what can he do with that. Like that means more shots with Steph Curry. So I won't be surprised if he's leading the league in a, a scoring. Because I'm pretty sure he's gonna have a high volume. He already has a high volume of shots. But now that there's no KD and Clay, those shots gonna go up even more. So I'm I'm excited to see what what he does this year.
0: For sure. Um, I think we had some pretty good predictions, though. So to recap, we ha- both have the Clippers winning NBA Finals. Um, I have
1: Steph Curry's MVP. Let me guess. Boardman. Yes, sir. He got he's, he got to win <laughs> one, man. Like, he should have won it last year. He wasn't even in the uh fucking candidate. He wasn't even a candidate for the MVP last year, which is kind of a slap in the face. Uh, PG was... Uh, and he wasn't even the star player it was Westbrook's team but you know this year i think they're just going to give him one um they're going to put him in the the uh, talks MVP talks just for respect this year just off of the what he did last year so he should win it cuz i'm pretty sure the uh the clippers are going to be top 3 seed uh 1 2 or 3 and you know, And it's all because the board man gets paid. All right, yo, I think we had a
0: really good show today. To recap, we are both super thrilled with the direction our Seminoles are going in. Jags and Raiders win this week, causing lots of optimism. <laughs> and NBA season is fresh on the horizon. We're really excited to see the new transitionary period with Teams changing and player dynamics switching. It's going to be pretty amazing. Um, Also, one final thing. Walt Bell, I have a year of eligibility left. You need
1: a middle linebacker dog. Come holler at me. It's the corner.